Right, so uh, what? Polymaths. Episode two. Polymaths, episode two. And we're a day late. We are a day late, yeah. Because uh, you had to take you had to take Siobhan to a interview. Yeah, sure, yeah, Siobhan had an interview, so... Uh, yeah, Did that go okay? I think it went very well, yeah. Oh, it's a new, well, it's a new, new startup, new company. Okay. Um, quite a small one. Um, but she also got a selection date through, so I think she's... Um, For the army. Yeah, I think I think she's going for December sometime. I think she's getting slightly nervous now, December. but she's on track. She's on track to, to to do it all. So a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, I'm Chris Frossin. Just finished my tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's just finishing his tea. I'm Ashley Callum. Ash Callum. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Um, I'm at Chris Frossin, uh, which is F R O S I N, uh, and I'm at Calisthenics UK. Or I believe. I've had about two or three in the past, but I've I've, I've changed. I'll have to follow you on yeah. that one then, because I follow. I'm following you on Ashley. Cowell. Oh, I still get. I still get those. Yeah, I still yeah. get those. I've got about seven email addresses set up on my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, you can find us on uh, iTunes now. We are we are live on iTunes. Um, I don't know how long it takes to update it, um, but it'll be up. This will be up live tonight, which thanks is thanks to you. So I wouldn't have um, a clue how to do it. <laughs> It took me a day, it took me ages. Um, one of my friends uh, that played Destiny with a guy called Mark Turcott, uh, he does Guardian Radio, he uh, was catching up with him on Destiny and he was helping me out with uh, getting that on iTunes, which was good fun, so thank you very much, Mark. Mm. Uh, and Remy as well, he gave me a few pointers. Um, but no, it's kind of something that I used to do a lot of, um, but We're not interested anymore. No, no, not podcasting, IT, just like all the computers and IT-based things. But uh, is, that some that, is that something that you just... Lose the knowledge of, or yeah, it, does a little it bit. Move on too fast. For you it does just... move on a little bit too quick, um, but mm. the, the the kind of the kind of background and the the way that you approach stuff still stays with you. So uh, you, it's one of those things that you can kind of logically go through some steps that you know should be there uh, mm. and pick it up. But uh, no, it was tough. RSS feed, I haven't got a clue. Took me ages on the RSS feed. I didn't, oh, I didn't understand that at all. That um, yeah. But we do have an RSS feed now. We're here. Amazing. There you go. <laughs> so I need to learn what it, what it means now. I don't know what it means. I still don't know what it means. We've got one, but I don't know what it means. It means I can link it through to iTunes. Um, and then every time we upload it, that RSS feed updates iTunes, and then iTunes has a new episode. Something like that. Awesome. Awesome. But I think people can share that as well. Well, should we talk about what, why polymaths? Why yeah, polymaths? why do we call it polymaths? Because well, I've never even heard of the word I, until I a few heard months ago. Yeah, until, uh, well, the same, probably about a year or so ago. Yeah. And I think I watched a, it might have been a TED talk. I'm sure TED? You, as Ted. in the film? No, no, as the in stupid TED, with the, with the red, red logo. I've got no idea what it stands for. But they do all sorts of talks. They hold, um, you know, Texas lectures. Texas Educational short. Department. Is that what it's called? I have no idea. It could be. <laughs> I think it's I think it's an American thing. Is it? So I'm sure somebody listening to that they knows what it's knows what it actually stands for. Um, but there was a woman on there and she was she was talking about when she goes to parties or, or any social gathering and things and people would ask her what she does for a living and she would say I haven't got one thing that I say you know or she said one one month I'm I might be doing consultancy for some financial firm then the next month I'm doing some sort of expedition. And oh, it wow. seemed like she literally did everything. Any sort of uh, uh, philanthropic um, activity that you might do 
she's she's doing it right um or, or she's done it at some point uh or be always planning so to she's do almost like, like a freelance yeah problem um, solver whereas and she she was saying oh you know that, that sort of polymathic uh, and i i thought it was but then my you know one, one christmas i got a well, i said no, actually i got a big book from from uh from mum of leonardo da vinci's uh well there's two books in there it's like a uh, all of his works and all of his notes so like famous oh, okay. works, either your famous paintings, and then the other notes, things, the, and then the, the notes, yeah, they, like they, they both go together. Um, and to me, that is more of, of a polymath than the ancient Greeks, and and because it wasn't enough in those. Because that's where the word came from, isn't it? I guess it must have been, yeah. Obviously, poly is, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so I, for them, it wasn't enough to. You couldn't just be a warrior. You had to be able to write poetry as well. You had to be able to play <laughs> some sort of music, musical instrument. Yeah, you had carpentry. To be, yeah, you had to know how to grow food or be a farmer yep. or whatever. You to, it's almost like you had to be able to do all of these things. Um, almost like they were trying to be the ultimate human. The, yeah. Or the complete, well, the complete well man. Yeah, well-rounded yeah, exactly. human well being. Yeah. Um, so all those of you who are just sitting in front of the TV, you're not a polymath. No. Whereas I, would, I wouldn't even say I'm anywhere near. I suppose no. it, it's... I suppose what I suppose I can play guitar, okay. It's alright. Okay, yeah, whatever. Um, I can play the guitar, okay. You can play the guitar bloody well. Well, well, yeah, but only only okay, never really. <laughs> Obviously, compared to some people, <laughs> yeah. but I suppose they've devoted a lot more time to it. Yeah, than I have. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, they're so, not a polymath, are they? I suppose they're... I. I do have. I mean, I, there's one. I do have one regret that I, I never went to war. Yeah. That, that I only I only I got think, so yeah. far as training in, in the military. Well, I mean, I did like it. Also, I left for personal circumstances at back at the time, you know, a few years ago. Because my auntie just um, got back from Afghanistan. Uh, she's in the RAF, and she she's she was been in the RAF. I think she was in the RAF reserves, but she was in there for a long time. Mm. And then the opportunity came up for her to possibly put a name down to go out to Afghanistan. And she said, "I've got to do it because yeah. if 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 in ten years' time I haven't done it, then I will have regretted it." So she's done it, and she's been out there and uh, got some cool stories to tell. But yeah, I think if I if I was ever in the army, I think I'd have to try. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever go now. No, I'm a bit too old. Yeah, I'm old, and, old and fogey. Won't be able to do any hand to hand combat. <laughs> no, that's the. Yeah, I mean, I think I always will maybe regret that. Do you uh, think that? Do you think uh, we should have um, national service. national service at sixteen? Yeah, I do. Thing is, I saw some. I mean, two I, year, two I years wasn't too service. bad because I I was twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, I'd been living um, uh, with my girlfriend at the time for a, for a number of years. We had a, an apartment. Um, you know, I'd been doing my own washing, cooking, cleaning. Oh, didn't for for a while. So I went in it. It wasn't. I didn't find it too hard to adapt. Well, you know, lads, you can have to do your own washing. Well, yeah, fine. Okay, fair enough. You know, yeah. you didn't have to wash it up. You know, that's one thing that's, that's not missed. Um. But, but then it seemed like a lot of lads found it a l- much more difficult to adapt to. We did have some guys in there with, with you know, attitude problems and stuff. So you but that was soon in, stamped out. You went in at 24? Something like that, 24, How many? What, what was kind of the age group? Because you went to the Marines as well. Did you go straight into the Marines or did you do army selection and then they said, look, you're good enough to no, the Marines? No, no, you just, you, I just went into the careers office and, and that was the one that I went for, yeah. Right. Uh, I think I could... And what age group was in there? Uh, one of the guys I... One of the guys that did really well was about 17 and a half or so. Then we had, I wasn't the oldest, I think there was one guy that was older than me. I think he might have been 20, 28, 29. Okay. Maybe two guys older than me. Um, but I think, 
the younger guys definitely found it easier to cope with the physical demands. Um, but I was eating pretty well then. Even so, though you can eat, you can eat real shit food in there, yeah. just because you can just stuff your face with just you know, the wrong types of stuff. But I was eating pretty well, and even then, I found it really difficult to. to you, you, just, you didn't feel like you were recovering fast. Right. Um, but then I, I saw some of the younger guys, and they were just up and out of the next day. Like nothing, like they done, you know, like they'd done nothing the day before. Um, so you say that's one of your regrets. What do you think you would have, or could have taken out of going to war or going out onto the war front? I think with the whole Afghanistan thing, would it have been Afghanistan at your time? I, well, I think yeah, or, yeah, almost definitely yeah, um, or, or maybe Iraq. I don't know. Um, Twenty four. What was that? Two thousand. Yeah, I mean, it would it would have been Iraq. Oh, it's not Iraq. It would have been Afghanistan. Yeah, it was two thousand, wasn't it? No, two thousand. Uh, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Oh, really? It was yeah. So that's when I, yeah, that's when I came out. Okay. But I mean, you're at, leading up to the end of training, yeah. which is where I came out. There were, you know, there were people preparing to the troops were preparing to go. They'd, they'd obviously pass out one week and then they'd be in Afghanistan two weeks later or whatever. It's, certainly, some of the officers would have been. That's that's what they that's what they told us anyway. I don't know how true that was. Um, but no, I think for, for me with the Afghanistan thing, it was it was a bit more like a civilizational question. You had, it, it, obviously, you get a lot of people say, "Oh, it's for oil or whatever." But it, you know, even in Middle Eastern countries, it's not it's not just American companies. You know, they're they're Arab owned, American owned. Some of them are joint. Some of them are multinational. Some of you know, yeah. There's lots of people involved in this thing. It's not it's not east versus west. So at this point. The app that we were using, we're using a new app this week called Voice Record Pro, and it died. It uh, doesn't like doesn't like it when the iPhone goes uh, to sleep. So we swapped the apps and deleted that one. We swapped apps and we carried on. Uh, Ash was talking about, or he started talking about uh, whether he regretted, or he did, he did regret not going onto the battlefront when he was in the army. So here we go. Ba -ba -bum. If I go, it will actually be in support of something I believe in, reason, enlightenment, all those sorts of things. Even if people don't think, or even if the reasons given by our politicians or whatever didn't specifically say that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know. That That's what I would have felt anyway. Well, that's what why I would have gone. Because it would have been... I think you've got... I think Chris Mitchin says something like, that war almost... Um, solidifies everything that he everything about the civilization that he hates and everything that he loves you know he, he loves writing reading free expression you know the rights of people to say anything they want to or to think anything they want to all, all those sorts of things and he says they have a place that was co the complete opposite um so i know that was his reason for supporting okay. um so would you consider would you consider christopher hitchens a polymer or is he more just a... I know that he wasn't... I know that he couldn't play any instrument. And because I did, he's very literal, isn't he? Because he said something very interesting that um, he doesn't... He doesn't think... Or he don't. He doesn't think that he was able to write novels because he wasn't able to play an instrument. He said all the great novelists that he knew were able to play an instrument in some form or, or another. So you're safe then? Well, I don't know. <laughs> that was his theory anyway. I mean, I don't know whether that... But then he also, he's also said... He doesn't know whether... If you're too intelligent, any novel, any idea that you come up with for a novel is too far out there. Yeah. 
because instantly your your reason will, and your logic will go well no, that would never happen you know so i mean in in this pegasus one novel that i'm just about to release it's i've had to take a a couple of liberties with no not the laws of physics but with um well space and time kind pro- of thing. Well, no, not even that, no. but just like protocol. Well, would NASA really do that? Well, probably not. But yeah. if they didn't, then you wouldn't have a story and it wouldn't be engaging all, all the rest of it. Um, so I think sometimes you have to... And at the end of the day, it's science fiction. It's not It's not science fact. You know, you're not yeah. trying to go for... You know, you're not going to have... I suppose you might have people that are, that well, are very well-versed in science. The, um, watching the uh, Watchmen, the behind-the-scenes on the Watchmen, uh, the guys who were writing that were saying that... Uh, um, there's, they were trying to limit it, or limit the bending of the rules of physics to one per character. So each character had one rule that they could that they could break. Yeah. Um, so uh, night night. What was his name? Night Owl. Nighthawk. Uh, he had he had a ship uh, which could fly all the way to the Arctic Circle on one tank of fuel. Stuff like that. Um, one of the other guys I can't remember the names of him now. Guy with a mask. Uh, his kind of rule breaking was that he had a grappling gun that could fire 20 stories high uh, which mm. obviously wouldn't be applicable to him uh, cool. yeah I, th- I think you have to you have to do that to some extent you have to be able to bend the laws of physics in, in fiction at least but science, science, science fiction that's what it's all about that's, what, that's the name yeah. it's the giveaway in the name I don't think it would be it's I mean, not I, science fact you're not I'm having a science fact by, obviously talking about Destiny last week and things and obviously yeah. we're both into that and obviously maybe a lot of people have that are listening have played it or will play it at some point. And if you haven't played it, it's exactly awesome. it's very good. It a bit repetitive sometimes, but it's getting better and better. Um, yeah, but it is what there, it's at the beginning again, isn't it? Their genre is, is mythic sci-fi, and that I think there's a massive market for that now. Yeah, because obviously sci-fi has been done, and obviously uh, and all the things like Game of Thrones, that's all coming through now as well. But mythic, kind of merging them together, you get dragons and space, space dragons and space wizards. Mm. Uh, it's, it's just yeah, it's it's. Something that hasn't been done, and I think uh, popular culture can. There's a big space for in pop culture at the moment. Yeah, I think it could go. I, I think, think that's maybe that's. What I, I mean, I would even class Star Wars as that because you've got, you've got. Well, yeah. What must be cutting edge futuristic technology must then be. But then you've got you know, they wear robes, <laughs> uh, and that, yeah. it seems like you know life is quite. Um, primitive and simple yeah. yeah even though the technology is very advanced and you still have farmers seems, and things yeah some of it seems uh, simple it looks that. a bit steampunk oh, not yeah. exactly like that but yeah. it, it looks as though right well that ship was just banged together you know in an where steampunk or originated from oh no idea where did that start from no idea it's right because that's a guy cool. i love that i love that uh, that scene i think it's really cool it looks really cool i don't think i'd ever do anything out of it but no anything like that looks awesome it almost looks i think it's so intricate or? for me that stuff is it's uh it's form over function yeah instead of the other yeah, around yeah. it it's right well this ship doesn't necessarily need you know um this massive big fin coming out the back of it but we're going to stick it on there anyway yeah or do you know what i mean it's it's like that whereas everything in real life everything that say nasa does is or any space agency does is it's efficient they yeah you know, they couldn't really care, probably care less what it yeah. looks like very lotus yeah. Well, the one I saw in a I saw in a Vora actually parked in stunning. Yeah, yeah, parked. I mean, really it, want to photograph was, one of those. It looks brand new. Yeah. Looks at the plate. It's like an O2 or something. Yeah. So stunning, either the guy never thing. drove stunning it or um, sure it wasn't a private plate. I didn't I'm not like sure it. whether it was out in two thousand two in Evora. Yeah, I can't think that. Maybe, or maybe might have been two thousand twelve. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, um, no, I really want to photograph one of those, those stunning things. Uh, there were quite a few at Spa uh, last month yeah. when I went over to Spa. Uh, yeah. Some really nice ones over there. So many Porsches, though. So many Porsche 911s. Obviously, the uh, Ultima GTR as well. I'm really focused. Ash's favourite car. Yeah. Ultima GTR. GTR, just because it's stupidly quick. Completely well, not, impractical. Not no just boot. That. Siobhan wouldn't be able to get in it. She wouldn't be able to get she out She wouldn't want to get into it, if you fair. Be moaning all the time because the ride's too hard and yeah. your right foot's too heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, because I've been to the, I mean, anybody that doesn't know, Ultima are a very small. Is it um, Leicester? Is yeah, Leicester Hinkley. Yeah. Very small uh, uh, firm. Um, English firm. The English firm. And they have a, a keep it simple, stupid principles. You know, they, they, they build. Well, no, almost, almost function over form. But, yes. I, but I, I, t- I personally think the car looks awesome. Some people think it looks absolutely well, it's horrendous. Add lightness and add power. Yeah, that's this is kind yeah. of a Lotus principle. So it's, um, you know, I think the the world record breaking one um, does not to sixty faster than anything else, not to hundred faster than anything else, not to hundred miles an hour, back to not again faster than anything else. Is that nine seconds? Not yeah, nine point seven seconds. Yeah, not to hundred and then back to not in nine seconds. Um, but you know, f- uh, five or six speed manual gearbox, go drive man- manual gearbox, no, no ABS, control. no traction control, um, no power steering. As There's not got power steering. As far as I can tell. Wow. Um, st- uh, tubular steel chassis yeah. frame. It was a stunning uh, thing. It, it literally, we were sat yeah. down having lunch um, in Spa, with a town called Spa. Mm. Uh, so we were sat down at a restaurant and then uh, all these was it TVRs, and loads of TVRs came past. And then this Ultima was at the back of them. I was like, oh, I've just got to go and get a photo of that because I know somebody who'll really like that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think I'll, I'll send you a photo on the phone straight away. I mean, um, I like the idea of... Stunning of, thing. I think the, the British way of thinking is a few guys in a shed yeah. beating <laughs> foreigners in a massive, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. a huge modern factory. Um, okay. that, that really appeals to me because it's like, they don't care. I mean... Interestingly, I think the chassis, or one of the chassis, the early Ultima GTR um, variant, was used by McLaren to test uh, for, test things for the for the uh, F1, the McLaren F1. Yeah. P1? No, no, the F1. Back the original one. F1? Yeah, yeah, original oh, really? back in yeah, 1990, whatever wow. it was. Yeah. Um, I love the P1. P1's ridiculous. Anybody who, who's my friend on Facebook just gets... Like when the P1 came out, I was just... And if anybody listening has a P1, <laughs> yes. Chris will literally do anything to photograph that. I need a, I need a photo shoot with a P1. So if you know anybody with a P1... Well, uh, one Lloyd, of my, friend, Lloyd, so yeah, one of my friends says that, that he knows the owner of Aston Martin and he has a P1. Um, so I've yet to get a contact with him. But, uh, he doesn't have, what, he doesn't have a 177? He probably has a 177 as well. well he owns yeah. Aston Martin, or was a director <laughs> of... Yeah, one of the, the yeah P one stunning thing. Did you see the uh, video I linked um, of the P one going around Silverstone being chased by the BAC mono? So it was a track day, no. a Silverstone track day, and the P one was just being driven by. No offense to the driver, but Billy No Mates kind of just gen- a standard, gen- yeah, just standard a bog standard dude. And then this BAC mono was blatantly driven by a racing driver because some of the corners he was taking was bonkers. Is that was, like the the BAC mono is like the car. yeah, it's like a like an, uh, it's like an aerial atom, but it's a single seater, and it's kind of got um, uh, the body kind of goes out over the front wing, front wheels, rather than being like a Lotus Seven, and the wheels. Are I think out. I know. Stunning thing. Has he uh, got headlights on stores? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. know what you mean. Uh, no, no, he hasn't got headlights on stores. Oh, he's I got see. headlights. Maybe I'm thinking of KTM Expo. In, 
Yeah, the Xbox got it on stalks. Um, but he was he was chasing this P1, uh, and obviously you'd keep up in the corners, and then as soon as he got to a straight, the floor it and the P1 would just vanish, just absolutely vanished into the into the distance. And then in the corner, but then uh, kind of towards the end of the track at Silverstone, um, it gets all twisty. Um, so this BAC actually took him, right? Uh, took him on the inside, uh, and but yeah, the driving on that BAC was bonkers. He was drifting and sliding into every. I suppose sort of maybe that's the thing that. Maybe that's why the ultimate is so far ahead is because it, of the lightness, you know. It's, it's, yeah. I think the official figures are something like it's under a ton, nine hundred ninety kilos, maybe. And isn't it got nine hundred brake? Some of them do, yeah. I think the, the six, record breaking six, one is a seven is seven and twenty seven and twenty six, seven twenty and nine sixty something like that, yeah. Uh, but I think they do, yeah. I think they do. Well, that would be cool. Up to, but be cool. again, naturally aspirated, just Chevy V eight big block, just a variant of one. Um, and I suppose even if you've, if even if you're a P one and you've got all that tech, if you're three hundred four hundred kilos heavier, yeah, which it probably is, that's not a that's not an insubstantial amount of weight to be, to be, get getting yeah. going to be cornering with to be you know having to fight the grip yeah. and the stuff momentum. and breaking momentum around corners that centripetal, centripetal yeah. forces pushing you out and straight, yeah, so maybe that's maybe that's why I mean I mean, as far as I know it's never been on Top Gear it's been on the Top Gear test track. So yeah, if, you, if you're they, on YouTube, they, have a look because it's they didn't run it, did they? They wouldn't. I can't remember why. No, there's why videos why of it they, going around. I know there's videos of it going around, but they wouldn't put it on the show, and I can't remember why. There was oh, a it reason. Wasn't, why. It wasn't actually filmed by the BBC. It was just filmed. Oh, was by, it not? Yeah, I think they just went down and either hired the track or and said we were able to go it. around. It was under a minute, wasn't it? It was bonkers. No, I think the the bog standard car was one minute twelve. Okay. Which at the time was about was five fastest. seconds faster yeah, than it's not now. Record then they had the FXX go round, uh, one minute ten something. And then, Michael Schumacher drove that. Yeah, and then they put, uh, they lowered the suspend, did some of the suspension for the for the GTR, and put some racing tires on it. I think, <laughs> or not, or non road tires yeah. anyway, track tires, and did a one. Uh, I think a one one minute nine point nine. So he beat the I FXX. What the record now is I think the record's one nine, and I can't remember what car it is. What might be, I know what it is, it's the Hurara, the Pagani Hurara. Oh, oh right. I think that's the yeah. fastest now. Is. Um, that is worth but I want to see, have you seen the Venom GT? The Hennessy, Hennessy Venom GT, which is basically a Lotus Elise with, but lengthened. with, lengthened with a massive engine in 20 it. 20 million horsepower. I think it's just hilarious, it's brilliant. It's world record for 270 miles an hour, I think it's stupid. Bonkers. I suppose he's. I there mean, you go. To be a polymath, you have to be able to race. You have to be able to drive as well. Have another I suppose one you on do, there. yeah. Got to be able to drive. We fly. I mean, I suppose the. I suppose the list would be endless, wouldn't it? To be to be a polymath these days. I mean, I, there are some that are more important. So I, I would want to be able to. I suppose I'm a writer, but I I, I would feel more. Um, uh, achieved. Yeah, achieved, or or I'd I'd feel more confident saying that once I've had you know one or yeah. two novels out. Yeah. Like this, Even if they didn't this sell any, I, I would still, I would still feel like you know it might flop. Well, exactly, yeah. But I've got plenty of ideas. Never any ideas. <laughs> I like, do, like, I do like your assassin. About creativity, what I mean, do you think there's anything? What drives it? What drives creativity? Do you think there's anything that drives it, or do you think you're born with this, or do you think it's something that develops over time? Ah, I think I don't know. Do you think you're born with it, or do you think it's how you've been brought up? That's Genes versus parenting is 
Mm. Yeah, a little nature fest in that room. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like... There, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think of myself as particularly creative. I know Lindsay's going to completely disagree with me, but I don't think of myself as particularly creative. Mm. I, I, I like the technical side of photography a lot. Um, and then some creative things that kind of... It's, it's kind of seeing, seeing what other people have done and taking it a step further. Mm. Um, so it's not really plagiarism, but I suppose yeah, you always not, everything's plagiarism. Everything's everything's uh, always if, been if you done. live if you live everything is you know now or any any time in history, especially now because there's so much so much information out there that's been bought. I mean, one of the things well, I shouldn't really say this because it's, it's Lindsay's Christmas present, but I've, there's one thing actually. We'll save that until after Christmas. Um, mm. But that was one thing that I saw somebody had done and I was like that, that is really cool and I'm comfortable and capable in my knowledge and kind of um, what do you say coordination kind of thing and, and common sense to be able to copy it so yeah. I, I'm going to get this and, and sort that one out for Lindsay for Christmas um, but yeah I don't think I'm I don't think I'm innately creative I don't know no uh, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I think I've got like some of the photographers that I see. That I, f I follow a lot of photographers. There's some ridiculously creative stuff out there. I mean, one of the guys, Tim Tadder, over in America, who's a sports photographer. He did a photo shoot, a set of photos, um, with water wigs. So he'd get a water balloon, set the set the photo up in the studio, throw the water balloon at the head. There were generally bald people. Throw a water balloon at the head, and then as it hit the head, he take the photo. So it looked like they had a wig made of water. Awesome, absolutely awesome. I suppose you're trying to imagine that because you, unless you can see it in slow motion, yeah. how will you? How yeah. do you even know that that's what the picture will turn out like? And that's just that's that. one of the things I really want. I really want to be just doing photography so that I can go and explore all this stuff. So I can go right. Okay, well today, and um, like that black and white photo challenge that I did last week, being able to create. I did it for a week rather than five days. Being able to create every day and, and like getting Lindsay all um, make-uped up, like that Joker, um, as a bit of a nod to Bruce and doing your uh, portraits down here and doing the jumping one with Kaylee and things like that. It's just, mm. it's nice to be able to do things like that. We've got another photo shoot with Kaylee tomorrow, actually. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we're going to town. Uh, do what, do what, some, just... Uh... Just some, just some uh, acrobatic stuff. Nice. Gymnastics, acrobatics. That would be cool. But uh, in a urban, kind of bricked-up environment. Yeah. It should be quite interesting. Be a challenge for the lighting as well, which is the stuff I like. I'll be like very cool because she's not, she's not, uh, so I suppose the typical parkour person is a bit more uh, baggy trousers or yeah, loose t shirt yeah. or a bit more street yeah. looking. I mean, I don't, I don't well, she's getting her kind of curly, curly, wavy afro hair back on again, which would be cool. Mm. Um, but no, I just, I just think that would be juncture position, that juncture position of um, Kaylee against a. An urban background would look quite cool. Mm. Um, no, I don't think I'm particularly creative. You're creative. Did you get you get the ideas? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, it's. Um, but I think now it, it's it's got to the stage now. It, when I was, uh, uh, I should explain for anybody who doesn't know, I, I was working at David Orley with Chris as a personal trainer, and I started writing some. It was a rubbish personal trainer. Exercise. Yeah, I wasn't that good. So, so <laughs> that's why I, I had to become a writer. Ex exercise books and and things like that, and it was um, in a very short. I I written one, and in a very short period of time, I had just 
I don't know, 10, 11 ideas for other ones. Uh, loads of ideas for ones that will probably never get done. You know, I just don't have time now. I'm not, I've, I feel like I've written enough fitness books for mm. the time being. I think I might have got, I think I've probably got 12 or 11 or 12 or something on there. I thought you were up to 14, but 14 maybe. Um, but some of them are smaller, some of them are, 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 are bigger. The latest one, Complete Calisthenics, is, is a lot bigger. But even though that was, that felt creative, but it was, because the knowledge was almost there already, and I just had to, the most creative thing about writing those books was um, trying to decide. An order of almost. Yeah, an order, how the content the would work. Um, the easiest, the, the best layout, not necessarily the easiest layout, but the best layout for the widest range of people to follow. Yeah. Because um, I really enjoyed photographing those as well, because I found that creative. But they're yeah. not particularly. Because every shot's. Almost I think the same. I was being technically creative there, being like, yeah. right, okay, we need to make sure every shot's the same, um, the lighting all needs to be the same. Um, mm. We took a few decisions like uh, covering up the covering up the mirror with um, a big uh, sheet that had brick printed on it. Yeah. Um, but just things like that w that would make the pictures cohesive and c consistent, kind of thing. That, yeah, that was it. That was it for me. Consistency. Because the other books I'd seen, um, even things like You Are Your Own Gym, obviously mega, mega popular book, thousands of people have bought it. I'd, I'd read through that and I thought, the pictures weren't consistent. Some pictures he wasn't wearing a shirt, and yeah. some pictures he was wearing a shirt, some pictures he was inside, then he was outside, then he was... And yeah. some, um, Whereas you're topless in all yours. Well, I don't... Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, no one wants to see that, but I, I just thought, right, well, if we take, you know, I, I tried to subdivide the pictures. We we knew we'd have about six or 700 pictures to take. Yeah. And I, we tried to subdivide the pictures into, right, what pictures can we take um, that are all on the floor? So the camera yeah. position just stays the same. Then obviously we've got all the pictures, all the pull-up type exercises. Yeah. That's another camera one. Camera didn't move again. Yeah. Uh, and, and just try and get that as, as minimal as possible. Otherwise it's kind of like, well, you know, going all yeah. over the place. Um so I don't know, yeah, I, but after that, after that got finished, I started having some ideas for, for novels, and then... So why, yeah, why, what, at what point did you go, okay, well, I'm going to not write any more fitness books, I'm going to write a novel? Was it literally I, the, everybody's got a book in them? Was I it that kind of thought? Maybe, but I t it, it was probably more... Um, which one was your first one? Was it Pegasus, or was it Stonehelm that you had the first idea for? I think I had an idea for, for yeah, for a novel called Stonehelm, um, because I was... I, uh, obviously, everybody's into Game of Thrones and watching on TV and stuff, and, and Lord of the Rings. And well, I wanted to do a a, a a fantasy setting, or you know, swords and shields, armor, yeah, um, medieval, you know, uh, forests, mountains, snow-capped peaks, you know, all this sort of stuff. Setting, but um, without magic or dragons or the stuff that's just been done to death. Oh, okay. And I wanted to try and interesting. I wanted to try and combine. Um, so, I mean, this will sound ridiculous, but obviously I'll explain it and it will make sense. Um, there's a video of uh, Saddam Hussein taking power, all right? You'll yeah. see where I'm going with it in a minute. And he uh, he's sitting at the head of this uh, of, of the sort of meeting of the chair. Yep. And uh, all of a sudden, in in his brought a man that's been tortured. He, he's, he's obviously broken physically and mentally, and he, he stumbles through a confession, and he implicates. Uh, about half of the people in the room. So then those those people are taken out. The people, the half that are left, are just sort of thanking God that they've not been taken. Then um, they're taken out to shoot the the half that have just been, yep. you know, almost convicted. 
So then they're in the they're in the plot. They yeah. might have been in so before, yeah. but now they're in the plot. Now now they you know they now have um, an allegiance. And no, uh, as far as I know, no other uh, uh, you know Almost dictator leader. Allegiance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and no other, as far as I know, no other leader thought of doing that. You know, Hitler and Mussolini and and um, Stalin people that they those sorts of people thought about those sorts of things a lot. They had to because yeah. it's, it's constant, constantly trying to play people off against each other just yeah. so they stay in power because otherwise what's to stop somebody taking them out? Have you seen out? House of Cards? No. You need to watch House of Cards. That's fantastic. It's about one guy That's who... That's another one that never get around to Congre- watching. Oh, I, will, I will try to. Yeah, yeah. no, Congressman yeah. Uh, tries to get him to, as president and, and he does exactly the same thing. He kind of plays people off against each other to, yeah. to screw the president up in the end and then he kind but of I mean, takes power. But... but then I thought, you know... Uh, well, there must be, you know, may, maybe back when minds were a bit more primitive, yeah. um, writing and reading wasn't very... Yeah, uh, the leaders um, will be the ones who... You know, the, yeah, they'll be the, the shrewdest, the cruelest. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's the way it is through, through history anyway. But powerful. maybe... Um, and then I wanted to try and do... I wanted to try and combine that sense of things, you know, the, the uh, playing people off against each other and, and a sort of supreme leader with um, a closed-off hermetic land. Yeah. So one of the first things I did for Stonehenge was to draw a map. I got, I got an A3 sheet of paper from work, just drew a map, and I had a uh, a ridge um, going, oh, I don't know how many... Misty mountains. I don't know, like, yeah, <laughs> like three or four hundred miles down, getting steadily, get steadily higher until it ended in a peak right yep. at the bottom, uh, sort of the, the, the southwest corner of the map. Then uh, another ridge going along the bottom. Yeah. Uh, then up the, up the east coast... Uh, was Ocean? sea, yeah. and then the north was just frozen wasteland or whatever. Okay, so almost you're already getting into like you know Game of Thrones thing there with the wall yeah. and the frozen north and stuff. Yeah. But I suppose you need I needed some sort of barrier there. I didn't yeah. want to just have ocean or whatever. Um, and I thought, right, what if these people are sealed in there? They don't get any ship. They don't get any ships in there. They're, they're who takes power? Is it, the, is it the strongest and warrior? To them, or is it the one? With no the one. Most no one's ever able to get over that ridge. No yeah. one's ever. Co- no, and only one person, one group, or you know, one one human, one ever man, has world. ever come over. Yeah. From the other side, and the story about is is more or less about um, what that means. You know, to have somebody living amongst them or, or at the head of their society who has uh, come over and what they can do. So if it, you know, if it was a thousand years ago, well. They could claim to be God, quite yeah. easily, or, or a form of deity or something, yeah. because it's never been done before, and it hasn't been done since. But they might have just been, well, they could have just been a particularly strong or um, willful or uh, but then determined that's, that's, human that's being. the way that the leaders would have been picked back then. They would have been, you can't have just been strong, because you would have been outwitted by people who are slightly more shrewd than you. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you could almost play that against each other as well, couldn't you? You could have a, mm. the strong warrior going for it, and then the shrewd... Then I the get shrewd, sneaky. You know, I get, and then I just start, start having more and more ideas. Obviously, talking about creativity, it was just more, more my ideas. And then, you know, I had like they just not they don't occur to me all the time. But I have, I mean, te- the way I tend to write novels or think about novels is as a film that I'm writing a book of. Okay. So I like to imagine scenes. So you can see the film in your head, kind of thing. Yeah, because I th- I've had a an idea for a, a recent novel. I've always had this image of my mind of, of uh, people coming to land um, either an a- intelligent alien race or humans from the past um, coming to land or humans from the future coming to land and instead of meeting politicians or celebrities or whatever they, of course they wouldn't be co- like interested in that because if they could travel between the stars then they'd be physicists or scientists or engineers of some sort yeah. they'd have to be yeah. to simply 
get you know to, to simply do that. So I thought, unless the people who are traveling between the stars are just dregs, I suppose like District Nine or something, yeah, yeah. and they've been put in charge of it. Yeah, well, that's always a possibility. But so I mean, the actual seems... scientists are back on. It's all about that. It's not, I'm not they're just, they're just, they're just shipping people off. Yeah, yeah, you're too populated. Or, well, I suppose like maybe like um, astronauts like now. You know, I mean, I suppose not every astronaut is a rocket scientist. Yeah, you know, they're they're trained to fly that mission. You know, um, but no, I get it could have been it, if you were going to take that angle, it would be a uh, a discovery mission, wouldn't it? Yeah, from the aliens. So the aliens would be sending scientists out. So it's like a Star Trek. Yeah, and I've always had the the one scene I had in my mind was um, was they would meet with physicists and scientists and stuff in a big conference or whatever yeah. they wouldn't be able to speak to each other and things or, or but the scientists would, would or one of them would get up and write out in chalk or something on the blackboard in chalk the the, the theory of, <laughs> yeah. of, of you know quantum mechanics and gravitation and stuff as they know it so far yeah and then the alien would get up and finish fi- it just finish it off and fill it in and it would all just you know i've had a something like that i've had a scene like that in my mind for, or for a while. scrub the whole thing out and, and then just write three symbols yeah or, or, or just yeah or yeah exactly yeah. just something completely simple e equals m3 e equals mc cubed yeah <laughs> q plus f yeah. Well, I, yeah, but yeah. what's that i've always had that that image in my mind and i've i've i mean i've only i've only got to sort of the ideas you know, planning stage of has there ever so been far, a but... film or a book written from an alien perspective about the aliens coming to earth forget the humans write it all about the aliens probably not yeah there we go book idea number five there you go that's giving me war work <laughs> that would be that yeah that's very interesting yeah i mean you'd have to write in english obviously well yeah you'd have to write in english but, but then you could if you wrote in english you could then make if oh yeah you could write it in english but then have like written in English so that you could understand the alien language so that the humans would then be speaking alien. Yeah. Yeah. And then I the aliens it. won't actually understand what they're on about. Yeah. But we're talking because we're being shown from the alien perspective. See, I'm not creative. I'm just... But I suppose if they're... Taking, you know, if, taking if they're, ideas. Say if they're going through, I don't know, the, the, the galaxy or something and they intercept radio signals from Earth. <laughs> they might... You know, what's to stop them from... You know, if it takes years to travel somewhere, what's to stop them from learning English? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's... I wonder how that would go down in, in, kind of like general public view of a of a film or a book written, where humans aren't the centre of the actual book. I don't know. It'd be interesting, interesting to see how that. Almost goes. like they're going on like a, a, a safari or something, or, or, or <laughs> a, a study mission, you know, yeah. a, a research mission. Yeah. You know, they either kept themselves camouflaged or they watched from a distance, or I don't know. Or just um, Independence Day from the alien perspective. Yeah, we just wanted to say hello, like, and then yeah, you know, yeah, and then you came flying F twenty twos at us. What are they doing? Blowing the helicopter up is the way we say hello. <laughs> you know, add those, add those flashing lights. But <laughs> I think that's another red dwarf episode. Uh, another red dwarf episode of um, they wake up, but uh, and Lister and Lister and the cat have got two broken legs. Um, the jigsaw's been finished. Uh, so Rimmer's sitting there going, well, maybe it's the alien race and maybe this is how they say hello. Because cause the, the <laughs> cause they've broken your legs below the knee. So it's below the knee. Uh, they've done the jigsaw. Um, they're breaking the legs. Sorry, breaking the legs work break, uh, hurts like hell. So hell. They've done it below the knee. Hello. <laughs> they've done it twice. <laughs> two. Hello, two. And doing the jigsaw must mean you. Hello to you. <laughs> <laughs>
Red Dwarf, genius. Yeah, so it's my other one. So yeah, it would. I, a book <laughs> like that must have been, or at least an idea like that must have occurred to somebody, whether it's in some book that, as yet, has, isn't yeah. popular or has never yeah. been popular or whatever. I mean, I, I, yeah, I would have thought most most ideas would occur to people. Um, but yeah, so that, sometimes it can be, it, it can be something as simple as that, like with this this um, uh, this book on uh, you're following an assassin. Um, I wanted there to be the biggest twist at the end. Um, so, what's, so like, what's the twist? Obviously, I can't say. Oh. Um, but I wanted. The, I've written the end sort of paragraph already. Only a rough, only a rough draft. Is that just the way so, you've done most of them so far? No, no. It's it's, it's just so I know exactly where, where it's, it's ending up. Yeah. Um, and then I've, I've I've got ideas to fill in the uh, you know, fill in the blanks. Uh, that's probably going to be called Zephyr. Um, is that the name of the assassin? No, Zephyr is the name of the the train line that goes from. Uh, well, okay. to, across the, the US. Yes. There's a Zephyr it, it goes from um, Chicago um, New York. to Emeryville, uh, San Francisco. Okay. Or, or California. Um, and I thought, uh, you know, because I, wa- I, wanted, I wanted it to be kind of um, almost an almost boring trip. Because whenever you see, you know, um, filled with the conversation, people, ex- people escaping or running away or whatever, it's always like either on a plane or in a car, they have a car chase or whatever. Yeah. I wanted this guy just to be like, right, well, what's the most unlikely form of transport that I could take? They're, they're not going to check my passport. They're not going to do this. They're not going to do that, blah, blah, blah. If I give them a false name, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah. Obviously, you could just buy a train ticket, hop on a train. There you go, go on. I mean, you could probably could even get on a train like that without even buying a ticket. You know, there's yeah. only a few hundred people on the, on the carriage or whatever. Um, or then just pay the, pay the conductor yeah. to and get I, on it. Th- pay the conductor when you want it. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's... Each novel now is... is or each novel idea is it, slightly different. I mean, I'm going to try and get a method of going about it. So I've started to say for that one, I've started to gather pictures of the scenery and things at, at each stage of the journey. Um, obviously, you know, the price of the ticket at this yeah. moment in time. Um, what all the carriages look like? Yeah, it just those sorts of things. Because yeah. of um, I, f- I feel that's something I didn't do with Pegasus One, and it's it's caused a lot of rewrites and and plot alterations and plot corrections and it's like the like timeline isn't it just having like a timeline that's clear in your head yeah and it's um i think uh, i saw an interview with jk rowling and she said something like when she reads a book she likes to think even if she doesn't know she likes to think that the author knows everything there is to know about the world yeah if you ask stuff that's not even in the book you'd ask them and go yeah yeah well of course that he went off and married such and such and yeah. had three kids or whatever names blah 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 even if they never appear in the books, I know that's what she did. As soon as she carried on writing, she knows. I think she even knows the names of children and grandchildren that the, the main characters had, and what they got up to, what jobs they had, and all these sort of, all these sorts yeah. of things. Um, whereas I suppose, you, yeah, if you're writing a series for twenty years, then maybe. But then, you if you know. if you have all that kind of background, when you're writing and and you kind of get to a pit where oh, hang on a minute, he's thinking about thinking about having children. Well, that's all right because we actually know what the children are called, so we can kind of pull that back in anyway. Yeah. Oh, I want my child to be get to go to Harvard. Yeah. So it kind of writes itself, isn't it? If you're clear with all that. I mean, there's uh, there was a good interview with George R. R. Martin as well, where he was saying there's. He's awesome. uh, yeah, maybe. I follow him on Twitter. He's absolutely brilliant. Some of the yeah. stuff he said. Uh, um, one of them was um, yeah. I've just written the next um, the ne- <laughs> just written the next chapter on, on um, in the Game of Thrones book, uh, and I've done it from Hodor's perspective. And he just went Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. <laughs> <laughs> Which I suppose it would be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he he was saying something like, "There's, there's in his mind, there's 
there's either the gardener or the architect uh, writer mentality. So the architect knows exactly what's going to happen, exactly yeah. what plot points and blah, 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 all the way to the end. He says it's just a framework then and they're just filling in the gaps. Yeah. He says he's a, and then he says that there's a gardener that has a few plot points, you know, well, it's going to take place in a such and such a setting and there's going to be a few characters, but he doesn't necessarily know the names or the places or um, the timelines or, or specific events. Um, and he says they just almost write as they go along. Okay. Whereas I like to... You're more an architect. You want to be, or you I want feel to be I'm, a, I'm a bit in between. Yeah. So which one would you rather be? I'm guessing you'd rather be an architect. Well, I don't know really. An architect is perhaps that's the way I was writing those fitness books, like calisthenics book. Yeah, that was being an architect because that's about knowledge. The books. That's not yeah, really a exactly. creative thing. That's just like so a maybe, knowledge and putting knowledge down on paper. I have ideas. So maybe that, you have to have a knowledge of the novel that you're writing, and then you can put that down on paper. I mean, I think I'd I'd like to be a mixture of both. I would like to go too gardenerish because otherwise, you, I feel like you'd be rewriting and doing re and rewrites, and then oh bloody hell, well that plot that. For ch something that happens in chapter one doesn't like yeah. it totally contradicts what happens in chapter twenty. I have to change that. Oh no, I've got to change something in chapter seven now. That that would be that would be a ball ache for me. I've got to say. Um, Kevin Smith was writing Clerks three. Uh, he was going through the script of that, and he was saying um, he was he was writing in new characters all the time. And he was like, "Well, hang on a minute. I've got two, three films beforehand." that I can take characters out of. So people that were talking about, oh, there's, there's some guy who blew, blew 15 blokes in the, in the uh, back of a PE room, then we can use him in Clerks 3. We don't have to, I don't have to invent any more characters. I've got all the characters. Yeah. So uh, he doesn't have to create any more. So. I suppose any new characters he might create would maybe have traits of the ones that you would leave out anyway. I mean, I, I, yeah. you know, I don't know. I suppose there's only so many characters or character traits that you can... You know, it's, it's it's not necessarily an infinite, an infinite number. See, I think yeah, half and half. Um, I think I have to do a lot more planning for. I mean, I have got a, uh, an idea for a, um, a series of books taking place in our solar system in, well, far into the future. You're talking sort of thousands of years into the How future. How many exactly? I don't know. You should know these questions. It needs to be enough time for for interplanetary travel to be a pretty much routine. So how long is that going to take? What's the age? What's the, what's well, the, I've what's had, the, what's I've the had, year? I've had some... Are we talking 2150? Are we talking 2550? It's March 27th. Uh, three, no, I don't know exactly. 3000? Well, yeah, I thought 3000 something at least. Yeah. Okay. Or, yeah, third man, yeah. I mean, um, I, mean I, th I thought... But again, this is where we're yeah, talking about stretching. What is the human race going to look like in third millennia? Well, I mean, I... I, I what are we going to be living I on? I can give you a bit of background. I, I thought... Um, I was always interested in sort of prospecting and things here in the Midwest and... and um, uh, the old prospector. Well, kind of like people moving to a place because that's where that's where the prospects yeah, are, you that's know. Where and, all then the, the and then once resources. the sort of honeymoon period is, is, is done with, well, it's just back to normality now. Yeah. Um, Going and chasing I gold mines. Yeah, exactly. And I, 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 I saw that quote again that... Um, you know, when you when you first got get an email, when you when people first got emails, they're like, oh, bloody hell, I've got an email. Now they're just like, oh god, no, the more spam, no yeah, email. Yeah. And when they get a letter, Normality. when they get a letter written by somebody, it's like, bloody hell, I've got a, I've letter. Got a, letter. I've got a letter. So it's completely switched. Yeah. So I wanted to explore that with um, uh, planetary travel and set settling on other planets. So at first, so almost the planetary travel. Becomes... Millions of people would leave Earth in in search of great prospects and things, yeah. and bloody hell, yeah, we're going to set foot on Mars. Soon enough, that would become routine. Yeah. Because you do something often enough, no matter how, you know, 
any, any like with relationships, any new relationship, no matter how amazing it is to start with, it, it routine always sets in, always does. Yeah. It's never, it's never as special unless you, you know, unless you spend long time, uh, you know, long periods apart and then a back for a small, a small time and then you know, it's just, it's just human nature, isn't it? Really. Yeah. You just become complacent. You know, you get whatever. Comfortable. Yeah, yeah. You know, if if you're used to a hot climate, it soon becomes. You know, you don't think of it as hot. You know. Whereas if you live in somewhere like the UK or Canada or where that actually has different seasons, seasons yeah. you get well, used to the seasons. Reasons then, why. You know, when it is hot, you, you know, when it gets 20, 20 degrees, I'm just like, well, I can't cope. We struggle just, so much because the, the weather is so up and down. We never prepare for the winter because we never know what kind of yeah. winter we're going to get. They're not exactly harsh, are they? No, not really. A few inches of snow. Like oh I, used to to, I used to go to Sweden <laughs> quite a lot. And we go, go over to Sweden in the winter. It's completely covered in snow. Everything's snowy. But people are nailing around in their cars because they've all got winter time. Because yeah. they know the winter. Because they prep properly. So they stick the winter tyres on and it's, it just continues on as normal. Yeah. So really, yeah, I wanted to explore that with you know, lots of people leaving for other planets. Soon that would become routine. And then it's, you know, and it's... And then it's almost as if the Earth would become a, a special place again. Yeah. Because we, yeah, we lived on Earth. So you've kind of gone and then I wanted, And then I wanted at least, if, you know, what, what would be the case? What would happen? What would people be like if... For generations, you know, oh, get to go back five, to Earth. five or six generations uh, had been born on, say, Titan, yeah, or or Outside Mars or the Moon or whatever, yeah. um, or Pluto, because Pluto is now apparently a planet again. Is it? Yeah, it's been voted back as a planet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, nine it is. <laughs> you can have your nine planets in your solar system. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so I thought that would be really interesting to you know to explore, uh, and then obviously what would happen would would people uh, you know. Would somebody in charge stop letting people back in? You know, would, would you have then? Would you have then immigrant laws? Would you? Oh would, God, yeah. Would then you have? You know, uh, because people would be developed slightly differently on the different planets. Would there? Would the human race become even, separated even more? Than so, you now, so, on, so did, would you have to terraform it, like in Destiny? So the the traveller, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think I'd have to, I'd have to do that, or they live on the ground or something. I mean, I've, I've, everything. I've, I'll have, to really think, I'll have to really think about it. I want the technology yeah. to be at least viable, if not, you know, if not exactly on, you know, in a hundred years. Um, yeah, I want, I want the technology to, to be at least viable. I wonder where the best mm-hmm. best source of, like, scientific like sci-fi or sci-fi potential, potential knowledge. Like, because Star Trek, Star Trek obviously had, they tried to back up everything that they did, didn't they? As geeky as this is, I did. You know those sort of magazine series that they have in shot like news agents yeah. sometimes. I think I did have the Star uh, Star Star Trek, Star Trek one. And what, they, like the Diagostini thing. Yeah, and they went through. They had loads of that. They had like blueprints of the ships. Yeah. Like, okay, this is our uh, warp drive works. This is this system. is every word in the Klingon language. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I collected all of them. No, yeah. Yeah, you Even if I did, did, I wouldn't be admitting to that. I was <laughs> going to say they're all, they're all framed. Um, yeah, <laughs> framed in a vault bed. in a vault somewhere. You'd look at them, but no one will ever see him. Um, or no one ever discover it. So yeah, I, yeah, I thought that would be quite interesting to explore. But again, it, you've got so many planets, so many characters, so many uh, uh, lines of of plot, so many potential plots. Yeah. That I thought I'll I'll just develop it for a, a six months a year, or I'll just plan it out and then. It's. I find that the plots then just occur to you, at least they do to me anyway. You know, I, I think about what a world would be like, and then the plots just and then it just occur. Itself. You know, 
Um, you think of I think of a few names. Um, oh, Christopher Nolan took years and years working on Inception. Yeah, I was, and watching, it's I was such watching an interview with him. Such earlier, a actually, good yeah. film because he spent that long kind of planning it out and getting all the getting all the layers of the dreams in. Okay, well this one goes on for this long and then this one is four times shorter and this one's four times shorter than that. So you kind of get. To I suppose it. you get to the stage where the plot is watertight. Then. Yeah. You know, it's not like. Although apparently there's still I don't know what it is. There's apparently still a hole in Inception. I don't know what it is. Because I, I mean, I was the first time I watched it. I was so into that when they went down to the, like the last one. I was like, "Oh, they're going to be here for like four years, and it's still only going to be ten, ten minutes in the." So I was still, I was so in it. Yeah, such so, so, so well. Written. Then again, it, it, yeah, it needs to be a bit of a leap of imagination. Yeah. It's, it's, it's favorite films. Predator. <laughs> yeah, you love that. Still, film. still, you need to write a Predator. Oh well, Fury was very, very good. Yeah, you said that. Uh, unbelievable. Is that um, Brad Pitt? Is it Brad it's Pitt? Brad Pitt, uh, Shia LaBeouf, or however you say his name. Um, Shia, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, another guy, quite a young guy. I don't know. I don't know where he was from. Uh, there's a lat- uh, uh, is that the one? That's Latino not the one that's... guy. I, I don't know his name, but he's been in a few other films before. Um, just awesome. awesome. Really cool. Yeah. No cheesy lines. I suppose the it's only. It's not the one that's based in Scotland, is it? No, no, they're in Germany. Was... They're in Germany. It's right. It's sort of April or something, right. or even uh, you know, uh, March maybe, uh, nineteen forty-five, and they're in, um, they're in Germany. But obviously, the Panzer tanks are just kicking their asses. And oh, you know, sweet. oh, I didn't know it was that that area. Yeah, oh, and cool. it's um, there's nothing cheesy. Just, about it. I mean, we went to watch it on the X Plus screen at um, Cinema Deluxe. Yeah. Um, non three D, which which I prefer. Yeah, you like the non three D. And the sound just unbelievable, and the, just the visceral elements, because. The, the tanks are there and um, there's a bit where there's four tanks going towards they're going towards a tree or, or yeah going towards a tree line slowly and there's a, a tank hidden in there and it fires and some of the, some of the rounds ricochet off the tanks but the the camera view is from uh, it almost looks like they're just in front of the Panzer or just in front of the, the okay. German tank looking back at the other tanks and you see the round ricochet you see the round Far out, it's obviously white hot. You see it, you see it as the, as the tracer. Yeah, and it hits the it hits the armor, and then just skims off, and must go. I don't know. It looks like hundreds and hundreds of meters, you know, uh, um, sort of altitude and stuff. And the sound was just unbelievable, unbelievable. I need to go see it. Yeah, it, it, I've, I've, I've never seen a, I've never seen a war film like it. Never seen a war film like it. It was just brutal, realistic. Um, Saving Private Ryan. Absolute, Saving Private Ryan is one of my kind of one of my favourite war films but the story's just so wishy-washy yeah, kind of thing it never I mean, happened so well so well shot and there, there was some creative stuff like putting the camera on the gun so when they were firing the gun the camera was shaking as well things like that sort and of then, first person view where, yeah. they're scrap, where they're scrabbing over stuff and yeah. they're behind them see that was really clever but yeah. then the story was just kind of let it down and then obviously you got the Hurt Locker which is my one of my all time favourites yeah that's very good it's absolutely fantastic yeah um, but it was, it was the sounds for me. It, 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 I've never seen a film. Maybe it was just that screen, but maybe it was just the mix. But um, when they were sort of stood on top, firing the thirty caliber and the fifty caliber machine gun, uh, it was it was scarily Definitely. loud. Yeah. Uh, but well, not just loud. Um, very. Did, pre- did the they sound have it coming present. out? Because you said that last week. Did you have? Did they have them coming out of one side of the speakers? Well, the 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 expert uh, thing is is three hundred sixty degree sound. Yeah. Yeah, so they must have had about four different like little mini adverts for Dolby. Oh, what's it called? It begins with an A. Is it Altus? No, Dolby. Alicus. I can't remember what it's called. It's Dolby something, but it's like three sixty degree sound in the ad. Okay. 
you sort of the camera was moving through like a, a woodland and tr- stuff was rustling behind you and around you and above you and it was, it was awesome and the bass in there is, is unbelievable um, so I suppose that's still similar. showing isn't it it's only just come out oh yeah it only just yeah. come out yeah absolutely yeah. unbelievable but I suppose the only cliche bit in there would be uh, I suppose maybe the end where, where they you know they oh it's not a Hollywood ending is it no no not really mm. no yes and no oh. uh, but I mean I don't know any other way that you Probably could have ended it. I don't know. Where's pro- I mean, so Predator? Where, where are these Empire Strikes Back's endings? Why don't they do them anymore? What's Empire that? Strikes Back. It's just like it's just an ending that's not a Hollywood yay ending. Yeah. They need to do more. Like, oh, what was that film with um, Gerard Butler in it? Um, no, 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 not that one. That was awesome. Uh, the wedding. Law-abiding citizen. I was going to say the wedding. The, the wedding planner. Law Abiding Citizen. Fantastic film if you turn it off before the last 10 minutes. Because the last 10 minutes is like a really nice Hollywood ending because the bad guy can't win. But the bad guy in the film is actually kind of the good guy. It's such a good film. Mm. And then the, the ending was just. If you haven't seen Law Abiding Citizen, make sure you turn it off for 10 minutes to go. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For, for, yeah for, for me, Predator. It's just. Predator. But you have to watch it. You in... like all you. Quotes from that as well, don't you? Well, yeah, but I mean, how many, how many quotes, <laughs> how many quotable lines are in that film? Ridiculous <laughs> amounts, and it's again, it, it's it's loud, it's it's filmed at the right time with the yeah. right people, with yeah. the right crew, and, and yeah. the score is amazing. I, yeah. I have the full score. I listen to that a lot when I'm writing. Um, it, I need to get that. Everything just seems. You got that on CD, or do you spot download it? Uh, I've got it. I'm sure it's available via iTunes or something. Um, yeah, I'd never illegally download stuff. No, I was just wondering whether you got it on CD and then I could nick the CD and rip it. All right. <laughs> no, 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 I think I think I'll keep your I'll keep your. Uh, Bas- I think it's called Bassanora or something. Bassanora. Like I was yeah, gonna say I'll keep old. your uh, off um, uh, off location copy, so in a fireproof safe on, so you don't lose it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but probably, yeah, it's for, for me. Yeah, I suppose there's a lot. Of, it depends what you go in a film expecting it to be. If you go in thinking right, I'm gonna watch a Hollywood Hollywood blockbuster now action blockbuster with a few cheesy lines and ridiculous over top action Predator is, is obviously the, yeah. the one but then the premise is very cool a, yeah. Yeah, a big game hunter comes to hunt humans well and the Predator is awesome Yeah, no, huge dude seven foot whatever massive you know see I do want that shooting out of, his, out of, his, out his, of his. all the kind of um, film uh, trivia and not really trivia but all the film lore and everything um, those model companies that make models uh, like 3A who are doing the Destiny stuff and um, uh, Hot Toys uh, yeah. which are incredible they've done, they've done loads of the uh, Iron Man and all the Marvel stuff out of all the films I think if I could find like a really good Predator figure but really they do what they do Predator figuring I'm sure 3A do one. have to just get one of those it's like, yeah, 3A it's like probably a, must it's like, a, it's like a foot high yeah, I think they've got I've never even thought about that I need to find one of those because that would be awesome just to see because I'm going to get a Warlock obviously definitely Warlock yeah, and I like get I like getting stuff like that. Sharon's always saying to me, you know, what would you? Should we talk about like, what sort of house we'd have, or, or you know, if we buy and things? And, and uh, uh, there's a guy I can't remember his name, but he's, he's, he's some. He used to be an entrepreneur, and he's, he's now like a philanthropist and stuff. His library is insane. The house is almost built around the library, but it's <laughs> a few floors, and he's got things in there like. You know, two thousand year old Bible, what one of the original ones? He's got uh, an actual Sputnik 
real real Sputnik really satellite yet because I think they made five or six or, or, or so he's got one of those um, he's got a 25 foot model of Saturn V loads and wow. loads of stuff like that he's got real dinosaur skeletons in there you know wow. just sort of made up um, I think he's got an Enigma machine um, loads and loads of stuff like oh that my goodness. Uh, so really rare books really rare artifacts yeah. all sort of stuff and it, it's um uh, I, I guess he takes he takes tours and stuff and holds meetings there and things. But um, I do like the idea of having a, a, a desk and things of just need of yeah influence. just need yeah. And and I mean I've got a trilobite fossil. Um, I can't remember how many billions of years old they are, but trilobites are the first first creatures which came out of the sea uh, and had um, eyes, like segmented bodies, yeah, yeah, segmented bodies and eyes that we kind of recognise as eyes, or at least um, cells on their body that could could. Um, uh, detect light, um, so I've got one of those. Uh, I'd, I'd really like one of them, I think, because there's some really um, elaborate trilobite fossils um, which are dug up and put back together again because you can't really take them out and you can't chip them away from the rock and keep them in one piece. So you kind of chip them away and then put them back together again. I'd really like one of those, but then just things like a predator figure that'd mm. be cool. I think influences and, and inspiration is important to have around, around you, but then which Batman figure would you have? I don't know. Would you have a Christopher Nolan really, one or would you have an animated series one? I was never really into Batman that much. How can you not be into Batman? Gotham, I need to watch Gotham. I need to watch Gotham. That that's, a, that's the... It's a live series. Well, yeah, series. it's a new uh, new thing like um, like all the Flash and the Green Arrow stuff, but the Gotham's like Batman when he was a kid. Mm. Um, which I thought was quite funny because Kevin Smith was talking about... Uh, he had a massive conversation with one of, uh, one of his friends on a podcast saying, oh... We've we've done like Smallville and everything. What what about Batman? You could do what happened to Batman when he was a kid, and you could go to school and he'd be he'd be in uh, in a biology class, and the teacher would be poison ivy and, and things like that. It's just mm. uh, kind of cool. So I'm but curious now you've got, about now you've got dissect a bat. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dissect a bat at last. Yes, yeah, so I want to know what makes a bat tick. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this what, what would you say your favorite film is? This? Favourite film is uh, a 1970s film with Paul Newman and Robert Redford in it called The Sting, which is genius. I've seen it. So cool. I probably should have seen it because it's probably, it's probably I've classic. It to you. It's brilliant. It's um, about some con artists uh, who con, um, con a guy who owns pretty much like all of the east coast of America and all the... All the um, all the casinos and stuff, so he's got loads of money. He just he just runs around untouched, and um, they just con him for loads of money. It's so good, and that's the reason why I learned to play the piano, um, mm. because the score to that is all Scott Joplin's rag. Um, so the entertainer is the, the theme tune for it, and then you've got the pineapple rag. And oh yeah, I'm really saying this. So good, so good. I need to, so that's I'm the only reason I learned to play the piano. I learned to play it, and then I stopped playing. We've all got a piano here. We should. I should really jump on it more often. Yeah, I think it would help help your guitar playing and composition and things. Do you think? Uh, is there a, is there a, I don't know. A I, think, I think so. I think so. Because I've I, not found I've not found playing the piano has helped me playing the guitar. I really want to be able to. Does it work the other way around? Well, only in terms of like musical and recognizing. Um, okay, so musicality. Sounds, yeah. Because kind of um, I, I would like to. I don't know a few modes and scales and things, but I would really like to be able to have complete um, freedom on the fretboard. I do see some players like that. Marty Friedman's one of them. Yeah. Um, people like Trelli. Um, who used to play Megadeth? Uh, John Petrucci, Alex Skolnick, yeah, John, yeah, John Petrucci. John they Petrucci. just know they can, yeah, they'll hear something, and as, as long as they Jay know what, sort of, what a scale 
progression it is or yeah. core progression it is, they'll be able to improvise over it. I always love the idea of be, being able to improvise and not being, not having to learn something. Um, although I still do that, I still learn songs and still learn you know you know licks and stuff. I think it was Lindsay was saying that Joe Satriani plays his gu- guitar. I can't remember what guitar he uses. Do you remember? It's an Ibanez something. Extra, I think it's, like, it's an Ibanez, but I think it's yeah, a signature. with an extra fret or something. I don't so it's got a longer neck. Anyway, she she said that he plays it unlike anybody else who plays that guitar. Like everybody, like if you if you want to uh, thrash, then you get a V guitar, um, or if you want to um, play melodies or whatever, you get a um, Stratocaster. Yeah, if you yeah, um, yeah but so then Ibanez, yeah. I can't remember what. Um, what she said that that kind of style. If you like this style, then you get this kind of style. What is it, Ibanez? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a body shape like the one yeah. right there. Yeah, like the, um, like the FP there. But uh, she was just saying that he plays that unlike anybody else who plays that guitar. So he's obviously choose, chosen that and then plays it in a different style. Mm. Uh, but I love Satriani, fantastic. Could listen to him all day. Oh, yeah, I've never really listened to his stuff much. I John Petrucci. Paul, well. I like Paul Gilbert a lot. Yeah, um, but he's. I mean, I listen to him more for. Like technique stuff and, and obviously getting better as a player. Can you say the, the Megadeth dude was like just so technically genius? I think, um, yeah, some of that. I mean, Megadeth, I mean, Dave Mustaine's had loads of decent Dave players. But I mean, he's, he's a very good rhythm player. I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think even, he, he even admits that he's that good at lead playing. But he's had some very good lead players. Like, I mean, Marty B wins one of the most famous. I mean, that's my favourite solo of all time, that Tornado Souls. Yeah. It's, he's he's plays. Oh, is it Marty Freeman that was that yeah, you said was, sort of was going on about notes you that you would expect and, and um, yeah, there's a guy that plays for Testament as well, Alex Skolnick, unbelievable technique and and, uh, and just just has an amazing tone. Just very, I mean, I've seen him do instructional things with just like a clean like a clean sound. And yeah. The notes are so loud and clear, and and it just looks. Effortless. Well, it is effortless. It must so I'm be guessing that's finger placement and almost timing again. Yeah, which I, which I've been working on a lot recently. Is, is just trying to. It helps actually. I've been. Um, obviously, my office I've got an iMac, but obviously the big screen when you don't turn it on, it's, it's obviously black and you see a bit of a reflection. Oh, okay. There. So, so I watch mirror. my watch my fingers and try and limit the movement that my fingers are making. Try and make everything more efficient. Try and relax because when you normally when you try and play fast, you tense up a bit and that just kills your speed and coordination yeah. and stuff. Uh, so I've heard. So I'm just trying to do. I really get. Funny how many how that. many things that you have to be relaxed at? Because tennis is like that. You can't yeah. play tennis when you're stressed. You can't play tennis tense. You have to be loose. Yeah, you have got to be relaxed. Well, they said it's almost being relaxed enough. And I'm guessing painting paintings like that as well. You can't paint when you're tense. No, you got to paint fluid because otherwise you you don't get the fluidity of the brush strokes. So that's why I suppose when you see these guitar players, are awesome. It, it, people are like, oh, he doesn't make it look look like he's trying. It's like, well, he's not. He's obviously concentrated. He's obviously very coordinated yeah. and stuff and practiced. But at that moment in time, he's not exerting. He's not exerting any more force than he has to. Yeah. Crazy things. So um, we've got we've got about ten minutes left. I'm going to put you on the spot. We've both got our guitars here. You've got what's that one? Uh, it's <laughs> it's a, it's a Dean V. Okay, so that's a D, <laughs> so you got a Dean V, and I've got well, mine's a. Oh, I'm never going to be able to play something. Mine's a. PV, well, it's a PV Raptor that I got from a friend for twenty pounds uh, with a. Um, I'll tell you what, for next week, with a, I'll try and get some sort of intro. Yeah. Sort of music. So we're going to try. We're going to try and do. Try and do it. Yeah. Because well, how long have you been playing? No, oh, I've, I had my all. first lesson when I was nine. So you've been playing a lot on and off. Yeah, like I've we'll not try, really we'll been try and playing. Get so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not good. 
I can I can kind of hold some. But thoughts. we could work something out, couldn't we? But so yeah, that's the the idea forward. is that I want to well I I, I want to learn the intro to the polymath podcast which oh, okay. Ash is going to write oh, we'll try it, Jesus. <laughs> so that's the idea so should we, should we set that for next week next yeah, week yeah we'll do that next week well next week we'll have a little next week either either um, what do you reckon should I try and learn it on air or should I learn it before should we try and do it I don't on, know how painful that would be that's that for listeners obviously well, yeah, we could we could try and we could try and do it record it we could, yeah, we could I've got a couple of amps here we could try and Try to record it before next week and then. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. What I was, cool. was going to ask you actually. Go. On. Oh, so I was watching Chris Nolan. I was going to ask you about the discrepancy between money and creativity. The so discrepancy. So. How so? Say, is there a continuum for you? Whether you're driven by um, money or creativity, or money and creativity. So if you could. Create and just earn enough money to pay the bills and that. If fine. I but, could, but if, yeah. If, if I could earn... create like a godly level of photography kind of thing, I would be happy just to live on the wage. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so but does that, that does that go hand in hand though? If you're creating godly amount of content or pr- uh, product, yeah, would that not kind of just tie into okay, well. I don't know. Does that does that just barrel roll? If I, I keep if know. I keep because I mean, one of the things the other. one of the I'm things sure. I've been saying for a long time, um, and uh, James at the gym has been has been kind of almost requoting me, which is quite cool. If you do something well enough for long enough, then good things happen. So if I, if you're creating if you're creating an ungodly level of creative uh, product or well, uh, like yeah. output something like that for long enough. Then it will get noticed and good things happen. If that, whether that's good things in terms of, I've then got enough money to to live comfortably or to <coughs> to live adequately, just doing that. But I suppose there's because I watch some films and listen to some stuff or read some books. And I think I wouldn't be happy. The author might have made a shit ton of money, or the mm. filmmaker might have made a shit ton of money, but I necessarily wouldn't be happy with. Pushing out of that, putting content. my name to it, or, or yeah, you'd be almost ashamed of it. Th- but then, then again, I, I get this feeling of well, if I put x amount of work into it, I'd want to uh, earn, earn what I think I should earn from that project. But then I think, then I think I look at guys like Christopher Nolan. I think right, he's probably in the position now where he can just create whatever he wants to create yeah. because he's got but enough has, money. Has he to... got? Has he got there by creating whatever he wants to create? Exactly, yeah. See, that's, that's the question. One of the things that's that I said last week, wasn't it? Like You've got to be true to yourself. So if you write what you want to write in the style that you're writing, when you then become big enough to say, well, I'm still going to write what I want to write, you've then got the audience because everybody's yeah, liked really what you originally... Want. Whereas yeah. if you're writing what you think people want to hear, and then you get big... And then you say, "Well, actually, now I've got big. I'm going to write what I want to, and nobody likes it." Yeah, I think yeah. I think, I think, so I you've got, got, got to stay. A few times actually, just about whether <coughs> whether I should write for the people or potentially to write what yeah. I want to write. And I think I because I... that's the thing with me with photography at the moment. I I've not been doing it for long enough to have a well. I don't think I don't think I've got a style. Mm. I photograph. Um, I photograph 
what I want to with a bit of influence from some of my favourite photographers. So Zach Arias and Chase, well, Chase Jarvis is above and beyond. I can't replicate some of the stuff he does because he's just ridiculous. I mean, he's a, he's one of the perfect situation uh, examples of I've now earned my way to create whatever I want. Yeah. Um, and I keep re- I keep tweaking and I would like to get into that. Si- I would like stuff. to get into that situation. But um, I think maybe the next few years will will determine whether that's that's possible or not for me. I mean, I, it's another thing I, I spoke to, well, no, no, not I spoke to Siobhan about, I, I thought to myself is that, um, you, I think we might have spoken before about them, them passing about 12 or 13 times on Harry Potter. Yeah. But you think to yourselves, you know, and then you hear publishers say, well, that won't sell or there's no market yeah. for that or X, X, Y, Z. You just think, right, well, who are you to say Surely that? The, if that, if that information is known... I mean, for God's sake, they had just, a lovely trilogy of books about sex that sold a exactly. billion. But if, if that, that would if, never if, have sold. If that information is known by somebody, a publisher or not, then just go right. We know exactly what's going to sell, so we need we know exactly yeah. what the, what gender the author needs to be. Yeah. We know exactly how old they need to be. You we know exactly what the plot is going to be. Exactly. Yeah. Which is which is which is why self publishing for me is so attractive. And I know I've published uh, complete classics through through Lotus Lotus, publishing. Yeah. But they've done an amazing job. They've improved on the content. They've improved yes. the content that I... That, the but the content is, is yours. Yeah, the content's the, the same. Content's but it's, yours. That's you know, the, the pictures difference. are higher quality. The layout's better. It's a more logical layout. Um, there's nothing missing it, it, from the old book that's in the, in the new book because there yeah. isn't really any additional stuff. But it's just a better thing. They've got more contacts, more... There'll be more exposure. There'll be more, more of everything, basically. Yeah. So it's, be- it's, better in, it's better for both the reader and myself. Um, in terms of more people will get to read it and get to hear about it um, it will reward me hopefully like military wise you know financially because yeah. um, actually one of the things I'm looking forward to I've got and I've been working on and Guy who um, was listening and was actually sounding really enthusiastic and excited to drive to work today uh, so that he could carry on listening to the rest of the podcast from last week um, he knows all about the car because he's come up and helped me um, help me prepare it and get, get it ready for paint. But I've got a 1976 Mitsubishi Galant GTO, uh, which I've had for four, four, five, five years. Yeah, since 1979. <laughs> uh, I've had it for five years. I've been restoring it. Um, a good friend of mine, um, Cy Baldwin, uh, was the reason why I've got it. Uh, so there's a lot of history behind it because he sadly passed away a few years ago. Um, but that car is such a pretty car. Like, if anybody said, what's your dream car? It's a Mitsubishi Grand GTO. It's gorgeous. With so how, how, possible how is it from running them? Well, that's the thing. Uh, I've uh, sorted out the electrical problem yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I've got the battery charging tonight. So when I finish this and I, I head home later on, I'm going to start it. Awesome. Uh, and then I need to bleed the clutch. Uh, clutch master cylinder. And once that's bled, I can go and illegally drive it around the block just to see. Awesome. Um, but um, yeah, so as somewhere soon as in the UK, yeah, somewhere in the UK, <laughs> if you can find the block. Um, but yeah, once that's on the road, I'm really looking forward to being purely creative with that. Yeah, because I I don't think you mean like filming like car chases that you've planned out. And stuff, yeah, exactly. You? Yeah, I'm gonna get you in your little Toyota <laughs> Carina. I'm gonna chase you around. Corolla, Corolla, sorry. Corolla. Um, Good little car. But no, I'm, I'm I I don't take enough photos. Um, so I need to take more photos of cars. I need to take more photos of sports, and I want to do uh, more portraits as well. I want to do a lot more portraits because I actually really enjoy doing that. Those headshots with you. 
Yeah, uh, last week. some better looking people than me. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're a bit ugly. You're a little bit easier ugly. on the lens. Big nose, can't get it. In. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm really looking for when the glance on the road. I'm just gonna. It's gonna be going out. And like, if I'm not taking a photo of the glance every three days, then I'm doing something wrong because it's such a gorgeous car. Mm. I need to find locations and practice and practice and practice and practice and practice. Mm. Um, but I'm really looking forward to that, and it's so close now because hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood. That's completely messed up the microphone. Touch wood. Toast. Toast. What is toast? Why do they say toast? Know. Mission yeah, Impossible. If, if anybody knows why in Mission Impossible, the guy, I don't remember the character's name, he's testing the microphones and he's and he goes, keeps toast. shouting toast. Toast. And then when they're pulling him up and the rope is scraping on the side of that uh, bar, he's saying toast, toast, toast. Is it to warn him that he's being really noisy? Yeah, I thought... I thought was I thought it was just to try and limit the limit the sound, but I thought yeah. don't shout as well. Yeah, don't shout toast. Don't start shouting toast. Really, really annoying. A friend of mine has got or had um, fourteen original film canisters from the Mission Impossible film. Really? And he was selling them, and I was too late. Another friend of mine bought them, um, and he said he's going to sell what sell them on to me. The Tom Cooper. Yeah, the original Mission Impossible, which is one of my and again one of my all time favorite films. It's good, yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully, tosh. hopefully, no, Dan, if you're listening, it. hopefully you're going to be able to sell me one of those canisters because it's got all the original film in there, all the negatives. Wow! Um, so that would be amazing. Tom Cruise look even smaller. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise looking tiny. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. going back to that, so I think creativity and stuff. I think it. I think for me, it. It's, I think it. I think it breeds money. Yeah. But I think you have to have, if you have it, the focus the right way around. You have to be creative first. And you have to keep being creative. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a dri- that was a driving force for me, definitely. Yeah. You have to keep being creative over and over and again. And I think the only reason why I, why I wanted to increase my income was because um, then it's that safety net of, right, well, okay, I, I, now I can, can keep creating now. Yeah. So, you know, so that's where I I'm can, if I have to... a novel idea, well, you can write the novel now. You know, you can take yeah. six months, 12 months writing it. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't even be the end of the world if I had to go back even to part-time work or whatever. Yeah. As long as I got to create a little bit more and just continue creating. Well, the same, the same in photography. There's a lot, lots of music photographers um, say that I have to do portraits and headshots and weddings to allow me to do music photography because there's no money in music photography. Right. It's, it's very, very difficult to go out and do band portraits or behind-the-scenes stuff. All the time. Yeah. Unless you live in a now, massive city where they've people, got venues that you can if just... people like, because like Jared Poland, he loves doing music photography, but he has to do other stuff, and obviously he's, he's doing pretty well at the moment um, with all his workshops and stuff, but he has to do other stuff um, to hear it, mm. to, to be able to do the music. Yeah. How long have we got left? Uh, that's about it. Hour and awesome. a quarter again. There we go. Hour again. Wow. Right, episode two. So two done, right? We're done. So what do you reckon we'll talk about in three? We'll make a list anyway. We'll yeah, well we've got to do we've got to do the uh, the intro. I did want to talk I did want to talk about censorship and troll laws because that was in the, that was in the news. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that next week. We'll do that next week. We'll next week. That. We do tend and, to waffle uh, on quite a bit. And then uh, yeah, a few other few other bits about creative <sighs> creative stuff and processes. Yeah. Um, awesome. But do, do they have a do they have a comment section? Yeah, 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 yeah. You so can, if anybody you else can, has, you stuff, can review it on iTunes, can you? Yeah, oh God. You, can go onto, you can go onto iTunes and give us five stars. So if, if anybody you really uh, enjoy the accent, yeah. So if anybody has any topics or they want us to talk about, not that 
Not that we know loads about. Or if you know, yet. yeah. Or if you know why they say toast in Mission Impossible, yeah. Then leave us a comment. You can either leave us a comment uh, at the website, which this is published at, which is chrisfrosting.co.uk/blog. Um, that's where all the podcasts go up to. Or you can find us on iTunes. And I think if you search for polymaths with an S, plural, um, then you can find our podcast. And you can leave a comment there. Awesome. Brilliant. All right. So number, number three next week. All right. There we go. Number three next week. I'll see you later. Bye. Right. Cue music. And we can't because we haven't written it yet. <laughs> for next week, though. Next week. <laughs>